Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, the hip-hop classic, Eric B. and Rakim, paid in full. Micaiah, Eric B. and Rakim's debut album, it came out in July of 1987. What do our listeners need to know about paid in full? Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, so I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. But, I mean, in my mind, 1987 is a, is a landmark year for hip-hop, and that's mostly because of Rakim. Um, people did not refer to an MC's flow until Rakim. You know, a lot of it was the yes, yes, y'all, or that kind of like Beastie Boys you know, where Curtis Blow kind of, you know, like, well, I'm ad rock and I'm here to say, you know, it was that kind of cadence for so long that you can get away with it. As long as you're saying something cool or hard or funny, you can get away with that cadence for a long, you can get a lot of mileage out of that, uh, which the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and uh, LL Cool J did from like, you know, 85 until about 84 to like 87. Um so 87 is also the year of uh, Criminal Minded by Boogie Down Productions and the first Public Enemy album. So there, there's there's something, there's a, there's a huge shift happening, um, a new consciousness and a new emphasis on lyricism. Not just the rhyme and the cadence, but actually using your rhymes and your lyrics to say something. And with Rakim, the way he chose to say that, um, he grew up playing the saxophone. So in his mind, he thought, well, what if I made my, my rhymes, you know, my, my cadence or my flow more like Coltrane saxophone. And so that completely changes hip hop. I mean, it, it cannot be understated how much Rockham changes hip hop um, by, you know, introducing things like internal rhyme schemes into, you know, that cadence. So yeah, it's, it, it is a, a huge shift, uh, culturally tonally and also he's not shouting that should be important too he's not uh shouting like bc boys or l cool he's not shouting his rhymes it's real cool it's, and he's got he's got a baritone you know there's some something very suave and cool about it you know so it's a it's a whole new era of hip-hop that's being started with with this record i mean essentially you're talking about the those really simple rhyme schemes you know you think of like sugar hill gang essentially you know, A, A, B, B rhyme scheme. It's like just the, if the last word of the rhyme lines up, that like it's, and so suddenly then this incredibly smooth MC doing these like A, A, B, B traditional rhyme schemes, he's throwing in like an overlapping C rhyme scheme that cuts across through, like suddenly there is a type of, structure of architecture to the way an MC could put together a rhyme scheme that it really became the, it became the secret sauce. It became the thing that unlocked the door for everyone else that would follow. And so thinking about, you know, thinking about last season and talking about outcast, you know, thinking about Andre 3000, like you never get Andre 3000, without Eric B and Rakim, without this album. There's there's something really spectacular 
But I, I do want to come back to this idea of this album that comes out in 1987. Mm-hmm. And this is really, you know, it could be said, you know, again, we have Boogie Down Productions. There are other albums that come out this year. But in my mind, Paid in Full is the album that starts the golden age of hip hop. I think maybe even to this day, one of the most important five to six year periods in the history of hip hop starts right here with this album in 1987. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people move this time frame a lot, you know, because hip hop was happening before hip hop was being recorded also, you know, so we're, you know, you know, as early as 1973, you know, but then, you know, it's not, you know, Sugar Hill Gang doesn't get recorded till the end of 79, gets on the radio in like 80, you know, so it, and then the first Run DMC album comes out in 84, Raising Hell in 86, and LL Cool J's Radio in 85, License to Ill is also 86, so you can, you can start it a little bit earlier if you want, but as, as far as like, really important and I, I think run dmc is one of the most important hip-hop acts of all time unquestionably because they are the ones who make it um mainstream with walk this way and a lot of that's because of mtv also there's a lot of timing involved in that if sugar hell gang had mtv it would it would be sugar hill gang but run dmc was right place right time the right artist and all that to say that yeah there's something about 87 that from 87 to 91 or 87 to 93 even, I think a lot of people put like the last day of the golden age of hip hop is when Midnight Marauders and Enter the Wu-Tang both come out on the same day in 93, even though a couple months after that, uh, the third De La Soul album also comes out. So whatever. But, you know, so because then 94 is it's Illmatic. It's ready to die. You know, there, there there's another shift in 94. Yeah. But from 87 to to 91 or 93 yeah there that is kind of a a good way kind of looking at what you would call a golden age of hip-hop and then the from like 73 to 83 maybe 73 to 83 might be like the early years or Mm -hmm. the first 10 years and then maybe like 84 where that first run dmc lp up to 93 maybe that would be like another way to kind of look at it but from from there i mean just like after 87 hip hop just like changes so rapidly Mm -hmm. from year to year after that, you know? And I think it's because Rakim opens everything up. So, I mean, cause like by 87 and 88, you have straight out of Compton and it takes nation of millions. And then 89, you have like three feet high rising and Paul's boutique. And then 1990, all of a sudden you have like tribe and brand Nubian. And then, you know, so it's just like, there's this like snowball effect of just like this, like new creativity that's just completely open. I mean, I, I think of Rakim as really just kind of liberating uh, MCs, but we should also say that Eric B also is very important. I mean, it takes a nation of millions kind of just like changes everything by being like those like heavy samples that, you know, just like so bombastic. Um, but you know, but the minimalism of Eric B is also very important mm-hmm. and the use of like horns, especially in, in, in the first track, which we'll get to later, you don't get even like the horns and straight out of Compton 
and you don't get some of the things that are going to happen with the native tongues without the way Eric B chooses to sample, you know, these songs. So we've spent a lot of time on, on Rakim, but Eric B is also uh, equally important uh, to this, this shift in, in sampling and minimalism. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think Eric B as a DJ, as a producer, I think he gets overlooked a lot in, in kind of like you said, because within the next year, bomb squad's going to release you know a public enemy album that's going to radically change the way hip-hop albums are produced and then the next year you're also going to get dre's production on nwa straight out of compton yeah and so you have these kind of two divergent paths that come within the next 12 months and so again like you said this kind of minimalism of eric b it it gets overlooked but there's a whole lot um there's there's a whole lot of that production that actually ends up in more of the hip hop that we have today and especially a lot of like the crossover hip hop albums and artists that we've talked about where you know you don't know okay is this hip hop is this soul is you know i, I think specifically around someone like frank ocean like I, I hear you know some of that in 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 how his stuff is produced um you know there, there's there's some of just that easy kind of laid back production style um and, and it does it gets glossed over because of what follows in the next 12 months from this point in July of 1987, but I'm glad you brought him up because this is not just a Rakim album. This is Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. I mean, when the first single came out in 86, you know, the first single is Eric B is president, not Rakim. And mm-hmm. it's, um, if you, and I, and I, I am very lucky. I just got this single, the 12 inch single, a used copy of it recently, um, of the Eric B is president, it's labeled as Eric B featuring rock him mm-hmm. the song. Eric B is president, you know? So in, in 1986, it's all about the DJ in 1987. When the record comes out, the MC is kind of the star of the show, you know? So it's, that's, you know, you can quite literally see, right. The shit that it takes, but you know, maybe we should also add here that, as hip hop is rapidly changing, you know, there are three more Eric B and Rakim albums that happen every couple of years after this record. And they keep up with the pace. They really do. They're, they, mm-hmm. they're not some people, you know, and a lot of people fell behind, you know, um, when, once these new trends happen, you know, like all the early hip hop guys, you know, they once run DMC shows up and they're not all dressed like Rick James that dies off. But that takes a long time, actually. That's like a 10-year period. Run DMC have a great run from 84 to 86. But then by the time Rakim shows up, no one really is satisfied by hearing that cadence again. You know, so, but as hip-hop changes more and more, it becomes more nuanced and more complicated, and there's a more demand for consciousness in the lyrics or you know, a, a different production quality, they step it up with each you know, of the three following records. So, I mean, for me, I think they're, they're four for four and having just like great records, but only one of them could truly have the revolutionary impact. The first of their albums, uh, which is the one we're talking about today. Yeah. And uh, you know, before we, 
take a break and I come back. We don't have a guest today. And so it's just going to be you and I talking about this album, but we do want to take a break and let our listeners hear from our sponsors. But before we do, I do want to mention where this album has been most recently ranked on the most uh, recent iteration of the Rolling Stone 500. This album ranked number 61 and in the 2022 uh, Rolling Stone uh, 200 hip hop album list, the 200 greatest hip hop albums of all time. This came in at number 15 and a friend of the pod, Will Dukes, did the write up for this album. And so I want to share what Will had to say about this album before we go to our break. Rakim, for all his lyrical complexity, never confused us. The timeless title track brought regal God body purity to lyrics that were otherwise about getting to the bag. And on Eric B as president, Rakim dropped science that felt fun and easy as a PE course. Neither medicine nor candy paid in full hit a therapeutic sweet spot in the culture. An album that has been uh, critically and commercially praised has done it, has done well in one that we believe is among the hundred best albums of all time. And so Micaiah will be right back after a brief word from our sponsors. I want to take a second and tell you a little bit about Mirror Coffee Roasters. Mirror Coffee Roasters are pursuing excellence from coffee, farm to cup. The goal at Mirror Coffee Roasters has always been to use coffee as a tool for change. Whether that's a bag of coffee on your kitchen counter or creating a sustainable, human-focused sourcing practice that goes far beyond generic marketing labels. No matter how you enjoy your coffee, Mirror Coffee Roasters is here to help you on your journey and elevate your coffee experience. I want to encourage you to go to their website, mirrorcoffeeroasters.com today and check out their coffee box, a four bag sampler box of some of their best coffees from Colombia, Guatemala, and Ethiopia. Check out Mirror Coffee Roasters today. Before we went to the break, I mentioned that we're going to talk about why this album is so important. It is historic in what it does. It very quickly shifts culture. It very quickly shifts the direction of hip hop. And we can talk about all of that. But before we get into all of the accolades and praises that we want to throw on this album. Micaiah, tell me 
why did you nominate this album? What does this album mean to you? Sure. I mean, I just like this album. I mean, first of all, I, I have a copy of the LP. It's a, it's a later eighties reissue. Um, and I, so I, I have the record and I love the record and I recently found almost most of the singles from this record. Also, uh, some used copies that I, that now I am very proud to own. Yeah, but it's just, um, I don't know if it's because I was born in 1990, so hip-hop, as I was growing up, still kind of sounded like this, that I can still like go back to something as old as Paid in Full and really just enjoy it. Like, not even as like, you know, I mean, like, historically, I know why it's important. Like, I, I like, just, I straight up enjoy this album. Like, no, no caveats, you know? So I think of you know, a lot of the eighties hip hop albums, I think this holds up among the top three best of the eighties. And I think you'd have to say that it's certainly in the top 10 for most important and most influential. And if I think if I think if I were going to make a top 10 favorite hip hop albums without repeating any artists, I think I would still put it in there. Uh, because I just, I, I enjoy it so much and it, it informs so much of what I listen to after, you know, you listen to it and you're like, Oh, there's the dance music in the eighties that I, or from there's, there's dance music in the nineties that sampled this, like heard as a kid and you, you listen to it and you're like, Oh, well, that's where Eminem got that. Oh, that's where tribe got that. Or I can see where Daylight got that. You know, there, it's just packed with so many ideas that for each song, there's like another group that could be started, you know, based on kind of the ideas represented there, a different kind of vibe that you can just kind of run with, you know, it's hard to, you know, and since so much of what I like is like the native tongues era tribe and, and De La, um, they certainly don't exist uh, without this record specifically. It's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a surprisingly well. I mean, with the, I mean, for me, I've alluded to this, but like it's this, uh, it takes a nation and three feet high and rising. I would say are the three best hip hop albums of the eighties. And um, I think there are very clear reasons why those three would be among the best. And um, so for me, just like, as far as, you know, I think the production of it takes a nation is what puts it among the best. And for De La, I think it's kind of the whole, we have a whole episode. Well, it would take me a whole episode to explain why that one's the best and that's coming. So I'm not going to spoil anything, but for rock Ham, I think it does. It comes back down to lyricism and that, that break from the cadence of hip hop of old. Yeah. So I, you know, it's interesting to hear you say you think it's among kind of what you think are the three best hip hop albums of the eighties. And I, I think not only do I agree with you, I think I would agree with that list. I think I think those mm-hmm. those three in particular. Um, if if we're doing favorite, if we're doing favorite of the '80s, I would probably swap. It takes a nation for Young MC's Stone Cold Ryman, just because I felt like I was raised on that album, and yeah. like there there are whole songs on Young MC's Stone Cold Ryman that I can still do from memory. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like this is this is one of those hip hop albums that I just really enjoy, and I enjoy going back to. And kind of like you said, like 
you don't run into the same issues. You know, one of the head to heads that we'll do later this season is going to be looking head to head at NWA straight out of Compton and Dr. Dre's the chronic. And I will tell you listening to both of those albums there, man, there's a lot of stuff that does not hold up. Well, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's hard to hear now. And I really do enjoy that. Like I listened to paid in full with my kids in the car today. Like (laughs) this, this, this is an album like everyone can enjoy. Um, And it's just fun. Like it's, it's so enjoyable. Um, And there's something about that. Like it is a great album. We can talk about internal rhyme schemes and the, and the usage of sampling. And, and in some ways there are specific types of samples that really begin and become foundational in hip hop because of this album. We'll talk all about that. But beyond that, it's just such a fun album to listen to. And like you said, here we are 36 years later. I still really enjoy listening to this. Yeah, it's dope. Um, it's funny that you were listening to it with your kids. I was listening to it with my wife. And there's kind of a video that's been going around lately. of um, It's T-Pain and Hannibal Burris. And Hannibal has like a drum machine. He's just doing like boom, pat, kung, 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 cat. And he's going hip hop started in the park or whatever you know like he's and so Hannibal's doing like that old hip-hop cadence that's so in T-Pain is just cracking up hip-hop it started out in the park (laughs) 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 hip-hop you know how we do it we get out on the block start break dancing we hanging out with our friends shaking hands we do the dance go to the ball and shoot some hoop okay and you know um so listening to some of the beats when they would start you know molly would my wife would go hip-hop so you know like just like kind of joke but then rakim starts rhyming and it's like it's just like oh like like it's noticeably different than that. So even though the beat is still rooted in that kind of like 808 drum sound, you know, it's once the rhyme kicks in, it is, it's so far away from that, you know? So, and I think that she was like, noticed that like pretty quickly. By the speaker, suddenly I had this fever. Wasn't me or either, summer madness. Cause I just can't stand around, so I get closer and the closer I get, the better it sounds. My mind starts to activate, minds collaborate. Cause when I heard the beat, I just had to make something from the top of my head. So I fell into the groove of the wax and I said, How could I move the crowd? First of all, ain't no mistakes allowed. Here's the instructions, put it together. It's simple, ain't it? But quite clever. Some of you been trying to write rhymes for years. But we got this. Irritate my ears. Is this the best that you can make? Cause if not, and you got more, I'll wait. But don't make me wait too long. Cause I'ma move on the dance floor. When they put something smooth on. So turn up the bass. It's better when it's loud. Cause I like to move the crowd. Move the crowd. Move the crowd. Well, speaking of how different it is, I want to share uh, a piece of information that as we think about this album, I I mean, may seem kind of obvious, uh, but of course, Eric B is president is the first single 
This mm-hmm. is the the lead single of the album, and it used unauthorized. There was an unauthorized sample. Now this is a big deal. Kind of like we talked about how hip hop had a culture and then hip hop had records. And just because something was happening in clubs didn't mean it was necessarily happening on albums to be clubs in clubs. A DJ can sample whatever they want, whatever, you know, but if you're going to sell that album, you have to get authorized to use that sample. Um, And so that, that is a real tension that existed during that time, because a lot of eighties hip hop that was happening in clubs was happening in clubs using samples that would never be authorized to record. And so this becomes an issue. Eric B is president uses the unauthorized sample of James Brown's funky president. Funky. And so James Brown sued to prevent the release of this album because of this unauthorized sample. And he lost that court case. And him losing that court case essentially became precedent setting for unauthorized use of samples in hip hop songs, forever changing the landscape of hip hop. And so as we talk about this being an important album in a historic album, there's actually a landmark court case that was created around this album. That is the reason you hear so many samples today. And of course, what ended up working out to James Brown benef- James Brown's benefit, James Brown is now overwhelmingly the single most sampled artist in the history of hip hop. There are over 7,400 different hip hop songs that contain a James Brown sample. I mean, I think that number is low, actually. I, 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 I bet there's more. Mm-hmm. There's probably 7,400 authorized. Well, this is as of May 30th, 2021. So I'm, I'm sure it's more now. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of another one of the exciting things about like early hip hop is, you know, all of the, the things that there are to, to celebrate, you know, there's, there's a lot of pushback against so many of the aspects of like the growing culture and, um, there's just the, a lot of these kind of small victories attached to these albums and these artists that make them seem larger than life, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, that's certainly true uh, for this one. Um, and then you have other ones like the two life crew lawsuit, which is a different one, but uh, equally Shout out to uncle Luke from the MIA. Yeah. I mean, there's a, yeah, that one is um that's a fun one, but that, that that's a whole episode. Um, all on its own, which deserves to be a movie in the same vein as Straight Outta Compton. I think. I think someone. Totally it. So, uh, we'll 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 ask Aaron Sorkin. We'll 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 find someone to reach out to him and do the sh- Trial of Chicago Seven version of Two Live Crew and parental advisory stuff. So, for our listeners, um, you know that Mackay and I met in Northeast Florida 
and then I went to college in Orlando at the University of Central Florida. I'm originally from South Florida. I spent the first 17 years of my life in the greater Miami, Fort Lauderdale area and grew up uh, spending Saturdays going to Miami Hurricanes football games. And uh, for anyone who follows the Miami Hurricanes or knows the culture around the University of Miami in South Florida and especially around Liberty City, uh, Luther Campbell, uh, the head of two live crew who we're referencing here. He is regularly referred to as uncle Luke in South Florida. Uh, you'd never believe that the head of two live crew is single-handedly responsible for funding, for funding and heading up youth football in South Florida. But there are professional footballers playing in the NFL today that are around because Luther Campbell came along and was a positive male influence in their life. That is Uncle Luke from Two Life Crew. I mean, major universities, they're going to come down here and they're going to look for the players. And that's why when you see college football, a lot of these kids are being offered scholarships in the eighth grade. I mean, it's these kids are eighth graders. Eighth graders. So we track our kids to make sure our kids getting the right grades, you know, uh, getting the tutoring to get the testing. You know, I, I discovered that we had to do that because we had so many kids we were losing. Right. Well, Magaya, let's go ahead and dive into this album. Let's talk about our five favorite tracks from the album and why they are your favorites. And why don't we start with you? I think we overlap a lot here. I think we can kind of go i mean there are only 10 tracks so let's i bet we could go kind of through it and and skip some but i I know that for me i no joke right one of the great opening tracks of of 80s hip-hop this is it i mean this is where it, it really sets off um for me i also think that like with those the way the horns are used here like you don't get check the rhyme by a tribe called quest, like without this, um, in terms of, you know, the music and the way that the sample is used. Um, so, and that, that's to, to Eric B's credit. Cause I, I, we're, we're going to run the risk of talking too much about Rakim and not Eric B. Rakim probably has like more great, like one liners than like any MC from his like era. I mean, I no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. Okay, is that not the greatest opening line in, uh, to that point in hip hop? Like, that's just like the, I mean, if you hear it, it's like, well, that's like the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life, right? If you're hearing that for the first time in 1987, and it's still now like a dope line. You know, I'm just an addict, addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I got to use it, even if it's jazz. Or the quiet storm, I hook a, a beat up, convert it to hip hop form, write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Like again, like coming back to like the jazz influence and then putting jazz into hip hop, radically changing, right, the potential for what hip hop can be. A new cornerstone, a new foundation. You know, they they say you know that you know hip hop hip hop has always been there and looking at Cab Calloway and saying like that, you know, hip hop pulls from that even, but you know, here is where jazz and hip hop are, are literally, you know, very literally becoming like intertwined. 
ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn. But think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I wake you up and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tuna get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting it'll make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. joke. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. It's just such a great opener to this album. It's it's such a declaration of Rakim of who he is and and what what he's about. Uh, there's a great interview that was done in the mid '90s with Rakim about this song, and he kind of really kind of alluded to not just uh, this song but this whole album, wanting to kind of have the strongest rhymes he could could kind of have have the hardest rhymes he could while at the same time knowing that the success of this album would largely depend on radio play and so radio play during that time one of the big things that stood in the way of a lot of hip-hop is that you know radios would not play music that had any kind of uh curse words in it and so he's he's here kind of going all right what's the what's the dopest stuff i can say without kind of crossing this line and so he he said in this interview how hard he worked to kind of you know in, in his mind kind of put together the the hardest rhymes he could with without crossing this line and it works i I think you know one of the things we've talked about is the idea of creativity and creativity is actually made better by limitations that you're forced to be more creative when you have limitations that idea of like do whatever you want doesn't bring more creativity and so it's one of those really interesting things that this album really benefits from that kind of forced uh that forced limitation of going all right we want this album to sell and in order to sell it has to do really well on the radio and of course that was eric b's background eric b was a radio dj in new york and that's how eric b and rakim met as in 1985 eric b on the radio station was like hey i want you know we're, we're going to do a, a a contest essentially to find new york's best mc and that's how eric b and rakim end up together but eric b has that background of working in radio and he knows all right here's the limitations here's the here's the framework that we need to work in if we want this to be commercially successful and those limitations create a great album and we see that from the very first song. And then, of course, what's incredible about it, we haven't even said yet, this entire album is made in one week. Like uh-huh. they, they made the entire album essentially over two different 48-hour periods of recording 
at uh, Marley Marl's house. And so just, just an incredible amount of what we would look at as limitations and the way in which the creativity of these two come out in such, such an incredible way. And we see that from the very first song. Hand out a cigar. I'm letting ours be born, and my name's the R. AKI am not like the rest of them. I'm not on the list. That's what I'm saying. I drop lines like a scientist. My melodies in the cold. The very next episode has the mic off into store and ready to explode. I keep the mic at Fahrenheit. Freedom's easy to make them polar. The listener's system is kicking like solar. As I memorize, advertise like a poet. Keep you going when the flow is smooth enough. You know it's rough. That's why the mural on my story I tell a B. Nobody beats the R. Oh, check out my melody. Microphone fiend addicted soon as I seen one of these forms so they don't have to scream. I couldn't wait to take the mic, blow into it to test it, let my melody play. Then a record suggested I'm dropping bombs, but I say peace and calm. Any MC that disagree with me, wave your arm. And I'll break when I'm through break and I'll leave you broke. Drop the mic when I'm finished and watch it smoke. So stand back, you wanna rap all the back and wait. I won't push, I won't beat around the bush. I wanna break upon those who are not supposed to. You might try, but you can't get close to Because I'm number one, competition is none I measure with the heat that's made by sun Whether playing ball or bobbing in the hall I just writing my name in graffiti on the wall They shouldn't have told me You said you controlled me So now a contest is what you owe me Pull out your money, pull out your cut Pull up a chair My name is Rockin' My Law And I'm a stand for Raw Switch it around it still comes out all so easily. Will I E M C E E? My repetition of words. Just check out my melody. Some bass and treble is moist. Scratching and cutting a voice. And when it's mine, that's when the rhyme is always choice. I wouldn't have came and said my name and run the same week. Putting blurs and slurs and words that don't fit in a rhyme. Why waste time on the microphone? I take this more serious than just a poem. Rock from party to party. Backyard to yard. I tear it up, y'all. And bless the mic with the guards. Rob, how about my melody? Yeah, my melody, my melody makes my top five. And and I think you should say my melody makes my top five today. My melody is the one that for me, um, when we get later in the album, there's going to be one left off of mine uh, that'll kind of be a surprise. But that song later on in the album and my melody kind of go back and forth between my fifth favorite on the album but for today, so that I can talk about it, knowing what you're going to have later on, uh, I wanted to have the opportunity to talk about my melody. And again, maybe it's, maybe it seems too uh, generic, um, kind of too obvious at this point. Um, but just this incredible, really straightforward chorus of check out my melody. Like there is something about, that kind of phrasing that really becomes a part of that iconic golden age of hip hop is the, you know, 
incredible rhyme schemes all throughout the song, but then ultimately relying on simple, straightforward, um, you know, something, something that is very catchy, has a hook to it for a chorus. And, and I think really, again, it goes back to this idea, you know, again, we, we've talked, we can talk so much about Rakim and, you know, some, some of these lines that he has in this song, you know, I keep the mic at Fahrenheit, freeze MCs, then make them colder. The listener system is kicking like solar. As I mentioned, as I memorize, advertise like a poet, like the rhyme scheme is so great, but you also very clearly hear the radio DJ, long time uh, music industry person, Eric B who knows Ooh, we got to have a hook in there. We, we have to have a way to make this song a hit. We have to do something to grab the listener's attention. And so, I, I, again, I think that combination, that partnership between these two is on full display here. Well, Micaiah, let's talk about the next song, one that made both of our lists. I know you got soul. And let's take a moment to just acknowledge not only this album, but this song, Ranked number 23 by Rolling Stone on their list of the top 50 hip-hop songs of all time. Mm. Uh, it made their most it, most recent iteration of the 500 greatest songs of all time. It came in at 396. And I want to say this because you and I love Parliament. We love Funkadelic. We love P-Funk. And it's easy to think that 1988 straight out of Compton or 1993's The Chronic are what introduce us to using P-Funk samples in hip hop, but you would be wrong. It's right here in 1987 on the song I Know You Got Soul when the drums come from You'll Like It Too by Funkadelic. I don't know. Is it, I don't know if this is the first instance of P Funk being used, but yes, uh, Dre is not the first person to to do it for sure. Um, this song is. I mean, this is even more than um, the the opening track is where he just really lets it out. I mean, this 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 feels like okay. There's some, this is one of those like first album flexes where you're just like, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to get to make. So I have to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. And on this one, he puts it all out there. I mean, this is the lyrical gymnast, just like, I mean, just like, I mean, this is not, I mean, you just, just listen to an old hip hop song and hear how many rhymes they have per a verse. Because it is that da 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 da, but da da da, and this is the first time it's like da 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 da. I mean, like it, it's con. I mean, they're they're. I mean, they're. He's rhyming over this whole track almost. You know, like it's. This is another reason why we're saying like this is so groundbreaking. This is why this is so important because, I mean, uh, I'll say here, I'll add here that like Rockham is famous for having, and he raps about this too, having a, a rhyming notebook that he has and notebooks just filled with rhymes, you know? So this is someone who cared very much about writing in lyrics and not just like, Oh, I not, not just care about like 
the fashion, like, oh, I need a chain and a Kangol hat. And I got a couple verses, you know, when I, when I got to break them out that I can do. I mean, he, this, this, he's hip hop's like first, like real writer lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my, I mean, I mean, he and KRS one are coming up at the same time. So K, KRS one is also kind of the same um, in, in that regard. But in terms of uh, their style, two very different uh, MCs at this point. To, to this day, this is an impressive track uh, in terms of, you know, the lyrics, the mm-hmm. rhymes, and just, just how much is just packed in there. You, you feel that too. If you're a listener, and, by the way, if you're a listener who's never heard this song before, in just a moment when you hear it, you're going to recognize something that you'll immediately go, oh, that's where that came from. When Rakim says, it's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you without a strong rhyme to step to. This would be a song for me if people are just like, well, why is Rakim so important? I, I think this would be like, well, just have you, have you heard this song? It's been a long time, I shouldn't have left you. Without a strong rhyme to step to Think of how many weeks shows you slept through Time's up, I'm sorry I kept you Thinking of this, you keep repeating your miss The rhyme from the microphone solo with So you sit by the radio hand on the dial soon As you hear it, pump up the volume Dance with the speaker till you hear it blow Then plug in a headphone, cause here it go It's a full letter word when it's heard to control Your body to dance So, dot text the tempo like a red alert Reaches your reflex and let it work when this is playing, you can't get stuck with the steps. So can say, and I'ma still come up with a gift to be swift. Follow the leader, the rhyme ago. Death with the record that was mixed a long time ago. It could be done, but only I could do it. For those that could dance and clap your hands to it. I start to think, and then I sink into the paper like I was ink. When I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the line. I escape when I finish the rhyme. I got soul, soul, soul. Let's move on to the next song. I think to make both of our lists, the title track paid in full. Right now move the crowd is dope too. It, uh, yeah, it, it is for sure. So that's that, that is a, that is a, like a, uh, sliding door fifth, you know, sixth man kind of, uh, mm-hmm. a pick. So move the crowd uh, rules also, but yeah, if we're doing a top five and we have to cut something that's moved across a sixth man and uh but paid in full, you know, that's yeah, I mean it's the it's the title track. Uh and it uh, also rules. I mean, what what do you want to say about <laughs> I feel like I've talked too much already. What do you well, want to say about paid in full? Again, so this is the thing that goes into it, like this is such a strong track. It's there's a catchy hook. Um, Rakim is as good on this as he is everywhere else in the album. What's interesting to me is the essentially the title track of the album is the fifth and final single released from this album. Half the half the songs on this album are released as singles. I mean, this is this is an album. You know, when you think about, um, you know in our first season when we were talking about thriller and, you know, essentially 80% of the tracks on thriller are released as singles. Like this is the kind of album we're talking about. Half the, half the out the songs on this album are released as singles. Mm -hmm. And actually, even though it's a relatively short song or kind of an average length song in this album, 
there's a seven minute, 10 second remix of this album that ends up being the highest charting of the singles on this album because it goes to number three on the dance charts. The cold cut remix of this song ends up being strangely enough, the highest charting single from this album. And that's one of the things that's just fascinating to me because it demonstrates again, this like very early crossover success. And and again, I, I I'll say this a million times, like it goes back to Eric B as a producer understanding how what the culture what the what what people are looking for or listening for and so you combine that with rakim this incredible partnership but then also the idea that there's so much crossover success in terms of dance clubs um, especially in europe this was an album that did I mean, just phenomenally in Europe. I mean, it was a chart topping album in the Netherlands and in the UK by the end of 1987. And so it's just strange to me that it's so easy for us to think about the Beastie Boys in that kind of crossover rock success. Or, um, you know, again, like you mentioned before, that kind of run DMC, Aerosmith, walk this way kind of big crossover success. And forget that paid in full was also a huge crossover success, not just across different genres. It was a big crossover success across the world in terms of the places where this album took off. Yeah, and I've, I've got that on vinyl, that Cold Crush mix, uh, and it's dope. of a master plan this ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand so i dig into my pocket all my money spent so i could deep up still coming up for lent so i start my mission leave my residence thinking how could i get some dead presidents i need money i used to be a stick up kid so i think of all the devious things i did i used to roll up this is a hole up ain't nothing funny stop smiling you still don't nothing move but the money but now i learn to earn cause i'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. If I strive, then maybe I'll stay alive. So I walk up the street, whistling this, feeling out of place, cause man, do I miss a pen and a paper, a stereo, a taper. Me and Eric being a nice big plate of fish, which is my favorite dish. But without no money, it's still a wish. Cause I don't like to dream about getting paid. So I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. So now it's a test to see if I got pulled. Hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full. Akim, check this out. Yo, you go to your girl house and I go to mine, cause my girl is definitely mad cause it took us too long to do this album. Yo, I hear what you're saying, so let's just pump the music up and count our money. Yo, but check this out. Yo, Eli, turn the bass down and just let the beat keep on rocking. And we outta here. Yo, what happened to Peace? Peace, 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 peace. you realize even in this song how much Eric B and Rakim are paving the way yeah. for everything we're going to love and, and especially I think like it almost takes 10 years because the artists that come along and really take advantage of this are the ones we see by the time we get to the mid to late 90s it's it's outcast it's Jay-Z it's not like 
people who really are taking this idea of this kind of structure, you know, MF Doom, like same idea, like taking this architecture and going, oh, we can pull it apart. Oh, it doesn't have to function like this. Um, and so while, again, while the production um, of so many other golden era hip hop albums kind of comes to the forefront, Rakim, this, again, this unlocking rhyme scheme uh, is really what will pave the way for the next 10 to 15 to 20 years of hip hop. Yeah. I mean, going to better statement, like with Doom, I think that's important to say, because I think Doom is awesome. I mean, especially by the time he takes on like that name, but even like the KMD stuff, yeah, which, you know, Mr. Hood comes out in 91, you know, musically, I think that stuff is much more influenced by people like, Daylaw and brand Nubians on that album also, but yeah, the rhymes are very much dependent on the precedent of, of Rakim Jay Z no career without Rakim. Yeah. You know, agreed. that, that, that unlocks, I think a way for, for Jay to find his voice, especially in the, those early records. Um, and outcast too, but not even in like the earlier outcast stuff, I think by AT aliens, I think, yeah, I think you can hear it more, more there. Uh, it's probably on Southern Playlistic too, but I think on AT Aliens it's much more the vibe on on that one because Southern Playlistic is is just such its own thing. But yeah, no, agreed. You're right. Um, so I mean, I reckon looking at the track list as the rhyme goes on, I think is the next one that made one of our list. Then uh, I know yeah, that's definitely did that make yours as well. Yes, that is on mine as well. Uh, that would be on my top five. Again, this is another one, um, like I know you got soul with it. It's just, you know, lyrical gymnastics, just so many like rhymes. And I mean, there's, there's packed uh, with ideas uh, that's really just incredible. And also, yeah, I mean, for people of my generation, you know, I'm the R, the A to the K, I am. If I wasn't the Y, what I say I am. Right. That's, you know, Eminem, you know, so you, you recognize that. And this goes back to your point that you were just making, you know, this stuff gets referenced for like 20 years. You know, mm-hmm. people are pulling from this and, and riffing on this and building from this. That That's how strong this foundation is that Eminem, even outside of Marshall Mathers LP, right. And the Slim Shady LP, like even after like that, he can still go back to this well uh, to pull from. You know, it's a it's a strong foundation. This this entire record and this song, again, uh, incredible, just packed with stuff. But you know, again, just like uh, the emphasis of you know, he goes, uh, he says, because because mic by mic, stage by stage, tape by tape, page by page, right? Mm-hmm. The hip hop is right. Obviously, the mic, right? If you're MC, you have to have the mic in hand. Stage by stage, going up, doing shows, tape by tape, you got to be recording, but page by page, also writing. He's always emphasizing, right, what he's doing and the effort that he's putting into it. Yeah, I got the mic in my hand. Yes, I'm up on stage and so everyone can see me. But even when no one can see me, it's page by page. I'm writing and writing and writing. One, I think part of him wants to be rewarded for that. Two, he has the good, so he will be rewarded for that. And three, it lets other people know what it takes to do this, I which think- is a very generous thing 
at this point because you don't want to give away your secrets. I mean, and I mean, the secret is it's just the process, which is to write. Yeah, and and I I really don't think you can overstate this idea, and I'm glad you you mentioned it from the song. In an era of hip hop, in and especially so this era of hip hop, this was true. And by the time you get to the mid '90s, this I mean this is really true. Freestyle becomes such a source of pride within the hip hop community, within the culture mm-hmm. that there there's almost this like weird pushback against people who write. I mean, even to this day, I mean, there, there's a really great interview with, uh, with Rick Rubin where he's talking about Jay-Z and talking about this idea that like Jay-Z doesn't write anything down. Mm-hmm. Like, he it's 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 essentially like putting it together in his mind and then like doing it in the studio, freestyling different bits in the studio until he's kind of arrived at it. And that's, yeah. you know, like, hey, that's that's one way to make it that, you know, if you're an artist, not every artist has to work the same. Right. But those those are also like a lot of prepared rhymes, too. <laughs> Absolutely. There, there, there is a preparedness, but it is not. Rakim like the book of rhymes that he keeps like a literal book of rhymes that he has and but I think because of that it's 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 easy for hip-hop culture to so value freestyle mm-hmm. um I mean even think about it today like it's easy for us to so value someone like black thought and his ability of freestyling that we take for granted that that ability to freestyle was built on 20 years worth of pen and a page yeah and and I and so I love this idea of Rakim saying, like, no, I'm I'm working at this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm building this, I'm putting it together. Um, and like you said, like there's there is a generosity to that in in the middle of a culture that is valuing freestyling to the point where it may unintentionally be devaluing writing. And mm-hmm. so that that generosity of saying, "Hey, if you're if 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 you want to do it like this, here's what it takes." Yeah. And you know, it's, I mean, freestyling is important, but I think freestyle is important for like a survival. But I think there comes a point where it's just so interesting because you know you when when you're coming up, you have to be able to rhyme, right? It's just like it was like, "Yo, like I'll battle you right if you think you're the best, then battle me right now." Let's go. And if people catch you doing shit you've already said before, right, you're cooked, right? So it is important in that way, but that's more important for people, right, like ciphers, like people who are on the street doing it at, at that level, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's fine. That's where a lot of our great MCs come from. Um, most deaf, Eminem, LP, Salib Kweli, like, you know, that's – the culture of, of freestyling is very important. And, and there's a specific art to it, a freestyle collective, right? I mean, so, you know, the, it, it is important and, and it also is an art, no mm-hmm. question. But it's funny though, because you get these successful, the, uh, Andre 2000 and Q-Tip both by 96 have a verse about them walking around and being challenged by someone on the street like to freestyle with them. Yeah. And, and and both of them kind of have the same response as like, I mean, if you really want to do this, we can do this, you know, but like, but also kind of being like, 
I think my records speak for themselves. I don't think I have to do this, but if you really want to do this right now, we can do this. You know, it was kind of Q-tips and Andre 2000's response uh, on the, on those records, you know, so you do got to be able to freestyle, you know, but at the same time, right. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, my records, like that's, that's where my best work is. Like I, I can, I, I can rhyme all day, but you know, my art is, and, and that's two different people, right? There's, you know, freestyling stuff can be its own art, you know, but yeah, the, the emphasis of, of, of writing, uh, I think is, 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 is appealing to me. Knowledge will begin until I finish this song Cause the rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme goes on You sweat as you step about to get hype Or should you just listen to the man on the mic You're physically in this with me but how could you tell If it's meant to be hip-hop if you're not mentally as well Ready to absorb the rhyme that I just poured into the mic So unite and this won't be so bored If you just keep kicking, listen to the mix And think you'll sink into the rhyme like quicksand Holes and controls you till I leave you Fall deeper in the style, it's hard to breathe. The only time I stop is when somebody drop and then bring them to the front cause my rhyme's the oxygen. Then wave your hand when you're ready. I'll send you into your favorite dance but let the rhyme continue. And so on and I'ma go on simultaneously even if I stop. The rhyme remains to be rising to the top and I came to drop it. Catch it and quiz it. It's my topic universal cause I move everybody to come by exercising your mind and coincide as one. Then look around and see how packed the party start to get. I draw a crowd like an architect. The five boroughs react and all the islands are tracking. Every state can't wait. So they attack open spot on the floor. Squeeze in cause it's packed. It'll be more room if MCs play the back. I'm the R, the A to the K I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? The microphone fiend, if I was a fake. Whoever said it's just bugging off the rhymes I make. I had to bite in your tongue from what I brung and recite. Sung it on stage, some said it don't sound like the voice on the record. I see what you mean because the system was whack. So I had to scream. So just give me your mic if it's loud, I'll blow it. If not, into the crowd, I'll throw it. Pull out McCullough's mic to entertain you well. Before I let go, I'm a spark your brain cell. I took time to write. Tonight I will recite. So poetically inclined when the mic is held tight. Rhymes start flowing. Kisses are blowing. MCs are knowing that's why they're going. Home to tell a friend when the party in. Yo, man, you know Rock Kim. That brother struck again. Cause mic by mic and stage by stage. Tape by tape and page by page. When the crowd is moving, I compete with the mix. The rougher the cuts, the rougher the rhyme gets Deeper and deeper, I hope you understand it I made it up myself and I planned it For all the MCs who waste time writing jokes Riddles and maybe a rhyme I crossed my arms and I was waiting But I was hating The rappers on the microphone was fronting just faking They wasn't breaking, which means I was aching To get up on the microphone and then start taking Control of the mic, up tight when I grabbed it So hug the speaker, your ears a magnet Attracted to a freestyle Put in effect, you listen to the man while you're sipping my wet. So, Eric, pick up the needle, yeah. put it in the middle. All right, give me a scratch, turn my mic up a little. I want you to hear this perfectly clear. Catch what I'm saying? You get the idea. I hope your knowledge the beginning. Cause I'm finished this song. The rhyme gets rougher as the rhyme flows on. Well, I think it's probably fair to say for both of us that um, Chinese arithmetic, if we're not, ex- if we, I mean, extended beat is essentially just a breakbeat song. Um, 
Chinese arithmetic of the first nine tracks on the album is probably the weakest. Um, but that also, if you're saying the weakest on this near perfect album, that we're not saying it's a bad song. It just doesn't live up to. Yeah. Well, no, well, first off, it's interesting that the main sample is an ACDC song. Yeah. And not only that, um, it uses the sound of like water dropping mm-hmm. as part of the beat. So using, I mean, using, I mean, scratching itself is kind of a sound effect that happens in real time to be used in the beat. Um, so not just using scratching, not just using an, a peculiar sample, but also using these other like sound effects to construct the beat is very interesting. And I think it does lay the groundwork for more interesting things that'll happen for years to come, but it takes kind of like a primitive track like this to lay that groundwork. Mm-hmm. And for people to go like, you know what, you know, you know, that that weird song on side two of Page yeah. and Fool? That's kind of an untapped kind of thing. What if, what if we tried to do something like that? Not do that. That that song's kind of weak. But what if we did something like that? You know what I mean? So like it still presents ideas um, that are going to be used later yeah. and, and and built upon. But um, if we're ranking all the tracks, this is going to be number ten of ten. Yeah. Um, so. That takes us to the lead single of the album. Um, this for me, I went with my melody. I went with the B side of this single rather mm-hmm. than the A side because I knew Makai was going to have the A side. Talk to us about Eric B as president. Yeah, I mean, we we did a good deal about this. Um, you know, maybe I like it just because five says my favorite day, my favorite jam back in the day was Eric B's president on the beginning of midnight Marauders. So that, you know, I'm, I'm so heavily influenced by them anyway. So that, that probably helps squeeze that one into the top five. Um, but this, this is one that is not as lyrically driven as the other ones. Um, it's, it is much more of like the 80s. So this is kind of where, Eric B does shine a little bit more. It kind of seems like Eric B, Eric B is like, "Hey, I'm going to try some, some, some new stuff here, but I need an MC to say some stuff um, and just talk about how great I am." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's a sample party of a song. Yeah, you know, and but it's a real good one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, and again, it has like that that the same with my melody kind of has that kind of more dub vocal kind of style, not hard dub, you know, and the, the make them clap to this stuff is, you know, like that. I feel like that's also been sampled a, a million billion times. You know, as we mentioned before, um, this lead single um, and, and essentially the lawsuits that um, kind of delayed the release of the album because, because of the lawsuit with James Brown, this song um, really paves a way for so much of what hip hop would become. Um, but it's not just the funky president sample by James Brown. You also have 
the snare from the honey drippers impeach the president a great single about um <laughs> a great single about richard nixon uh, you have the mohawks the champ uh, there is a baseline uh, from fonda ray's over like a fat rat there are drum and vocal samples from long red by mountain this is a dj's song for sure yeah this is not a track that I would say this is the one that changes the game necessarily, but you know, like, like some of the other albums, like really take hip hop further. Uh, but this one's great and it's dope and it's long. Um, yeah. I mean, what's, it's Eric B as president, you know, make, make, make a, make a clap to this to show our appreciation for your support. Make, make, make a, make a clap to this. Thank you. DJs. It's hard with an album like this because there are literally like half the tracks changed the world of music. Yeah. And the other half are really great hip hop songs from 1986, 1987. You know, so there's, there's, it's, you could say it's uneven in that way, but I'm still not going to say that because I think the record as a whole works really well. But if someone wanted to make that complaint, I, I, I would get, I, I can see that. But if that's your complaint, what album would you possibly love? Sure, yeah. If if your expectation is half this album essentially changed the face of hip-hop, yeah. what what album can you name where every single track does that? Right, exactly. You know, so, I mean, even like with their, the follow-up album, you know, like the first three tracks are maybe the three best tracks 
on any of their albums to happen yeah. like consecutively. Yeah. You know, well, actually, so, whole, the whole A side of Follow the Leader is the A side of Follow the Leader may be their strongest single side of an album they do. That's probably true. But I mean, I, I think that those first three songs, especially though, are, you know, as good as like Ain't No Joke and the Paid and Full. You know, like it, they, they can compete with the best of what's on, on, on Paid and Full. And, you know, for each album they have, they have like another couple songs where just like, yeah, they're, they, they are the ones to, to look toward, you know, and to look to for like, hey, where's this thing going? Okay, I'll, I'll make this point. Okay. I think hip hop relied more, and it still does this to an extent, relies, um, relied more on singles than LPs. Okay. So Run DMC's singles were much more important than their LPs, even though the first album, Raising Hell, I think are also classic albums. And radio by L Cool J, but I think Paid in Full is even more than Licensed to Ill, which comes out the year before by Beastie Boys. I think Paid in Full is the first truly great start to finish, like hip hop album that you can say this holds up front to back. Like, there's nothing you need to like be like. There's nothing to like, nothing, nothing like cringy, nothing like, okay, that's kind of whack. Like, okay, like, except for those tracks, this is really, you know, it's just like, I think the first of the hip hop LP kind of masterpieces. Yeah. I think this is the first one. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's interesting to hear you kind of talk about that idea of like the difference between the single and the LP. Uh, I want to share this with you from the Rolling Stone top 500 albums where, of course, Paid in Full came in number 61. Uh, and the final line of this write-up is, Eric B. and Rakim did for hip-hop what Little Richard did for rock and roll. That's great. Yeah. That's that's even better than what I said. Micaiah, given how much you and I have gushed over this album, this seems like a no-brainer. Does Paid in Full belong on our list? Absolutely. Like I said, um, it's one of the best albums of 1987. Um, it's definitely the best hip hop album of 1987. And there's some competition. Um, I think it's in the top three best hip hop albums of the eighties. Um, we're going to do three feet high and rising and I would put it, it takes a nation on there, but we've chose fear of a black planet for our list. So all three of those would be on there. Um, I still, I mean, this thing is still being referenced. It's still being sampled. It's still being cited. And, I mean, Rockham's, you know, flow is like as important as an 808 drum machine in terms of changing hip hop music. Mm-hmm. That's that's that seems like hyperbole, but I actually think it's true. So so that makes it sound like it's just an artist pick, but we went through the best songs, right? We we you know there there are songs on here that you know half of these songs literally changed hip hop and they still hold up today, right? The beats hold up, even though they're very 80 sounding, there's nothing like wrong with that. People use it as a put down. It's like, okay, well the Beatles sound really sixties too, but no one seems to have a problem with that. So who cares if the beats sound really eighties? I really like that. I don't care. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I, I think this, this album, especially, you know, listening to some of the other albums from like the eighties and early nineties that we've been listening to, I think this this one holds up extraordinarily well. 
So for me, yes, this yeah. is uh, in the top 100. Yeah, I mean, obviously. It's a consensus yeah. pick, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's ask this question. You and I, as we were prepping for this episode, um, kind of went back and forth on what our top 10 hip-hop albums of all time would be. Um, for me, this is a top 10 personal hip-hop album if we're using the kind of uh, our agreed-upon rule that only one per artist. This mm-hmm. this absolutely would make my, my top 10. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, same. Yeah, because, I mean, I think this is the, like I said earlier, I mean, this is where great hip-hop LPs kind of begin. Yeah. So I, I think this, you know, yeah, it, it would be on there for me, for sure. Well, listener, what about you? What do you think? Uh, did we get this right? Do Eric B. and Rakim deserve to be on our list? If so, is it this album? Is it paid in full or kind of maybe the sleeper pick? Is it follow the leader? Um, you know, again, four four great albums that they had together, um, but especially those first two, paid in full and follow the leader, both phenomenal. We want to know what you think. Reach out to us at... You forgot one pod on Twitter at you forgot one on Instagram. Of course, our website is you forgot one.com. Micaiah, what should someone do right now from whatever platform they're using to listen to this podcast? Of course, they should, you know, give us a five star rating or even do us one better and, and write a review um, that helps other people find the show and it lets us know what it is that, that you like about it. Um, and also, you know, to your benefit, you should like, follow, subscribe, whichever your, you know, podcast provider tells you to do so that when we drop new episodes, they're loaded there for you, ready to go uh, once they come out. Absolutely. Well, Mikhail, we've talked about it a lot. Obviously, our listeners have heard a bunch of music from Paid in Full. Um, but I want to play, as we head out, my favorite song from Follow the Leader, Rhyme Fiend. Microphone Fiend. My, uh, micro, I'm sorry, Microphone Fiend. I was going to say Lyrics of Fury, but I co-sign your pick. Yeah. The listener, we leave you now with the second track off of the follow-up album, Follow the Leader, Microphone Fiend. <laughs> I melted microphones instead of cones and ice cream music orientated So when hip-hop was originated Fitted like pieces of puzzles Complicated Cause I grabbed the mic and try to say yes y'all They try to take it And say that I'm too small Cool Cause I don't get upset I kick a hole in the speaker Pull a plug Then I jet Back to the lab Without a mic to grab So then I add all the rhymes I had One after the other one Then I make another one To diss the opposite Then ask if the brother's done I get a craving like I fiend for nicotine But I don't need a cigarette Know what I mean? Know what I'm I mean, raging what I mean. Creeping up the stage And don't it sound amazing? Cause every rhyme is made And thought of Cause it's sort of An addiction Magnetized, Magnetized. By the mixing Vocals, vocabulary And verses just stuck in The mic is a drain No volcanoes erupting Rhymes overflowing Gradually growing Everything is written In the code So it can coincide My thoughts are God 
48 tracks to slide. The invincible microphone beam rock camp. Rock camp. Spread the word. Put some N E F F E C T. A smooth operator operating correctly. But back to the problem. I got a habit. You can't solve it. Silly rabbit. The prescription is a hypertone. That's heroin. I feed for a microphone like heroin. Soon as the bass kicks, I need a fix. Give me a stage and a mic and a mix and I'll put you in a mood. Or is it a state of unawareness? Beware, it's the reanimator. A menace to a microphone, a lethal weapon, or assassinator. If the people ain't stepping, you'll see a part of me that you never seen. When a fiend for a microphone, I'm the microphone fiend. After 12, I'm worse than a gremlin. Feed me hip hop and I start trembling. The thriller suspense is intense, you're horrified. But this ain't the cinemas of tales from the dark side. By any means necessary, this is what has to be done. Make way, cause here I come. My DJ cuts material. Material, material. Grand Imperial. It's a must that I bust any mic your hand to me. It's inherited, it runs in the family. I wrote the rhyme that broke the bull's back. If that don't slow him up, I carry a full pack. Now I don't wanna have to let off. You should have kept off. You didn't keep the stage warm. Step off, step off. Ladies step and gentlemen, off. you're about to see a pastime hobby about to be taken to the maximum. I can't relax. See, I'm hype as a hypochondriac. Cause the rap be one hell of an antidote. Something you can't smoke more. The dope, you're trying to move away, but you can't. You broke more than cracked up. You should have backed up. For those that act up, need to be more than smacked up. Any entertainer, I gotta talk to chamber one on one. And I'm the remainder. Remain to close your eyes and hold your breath. And I'ma hit you with the blow of death. Death. Before you go, you remember your scene. The fiend of a microphone. I'm the microphone fiend. The microphone fiend. The microphone, 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 the mic of the mic of the mic of the mic the mic of 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 the mic of